backboard banter on the board with your host matt middleton and kevin rayner where the banter's as ferocious as Dion sanders on the mic man that guy like just proved everybody wrong what an absolute legend i mean it just goes to show that like you know name power means a lot these days especially to the young kids and Dion, you know he's backing it up team's doing well so you, you can't really complain about it at this point dude it's nuts 53 transfers and they go out there and they beat i mean granted they're the 17th ranked team this year but they were you know in the national championship game last year and i know it's a close one but colorado's a program that literally won one game last season and you know they could be like dare i say a playoff team this year like which might be a little bit of an overreaction but Hey man, it it could be possible with Dion. This is the situation, right? It, anything's possible. Dion is gonna is gonna keep those young kids moving, and you know he's gonna hold them all to a high standard. So you know we'll all be watching Dion and what the rest of this team can do. But Matt, it's football season. That's the time right now. We're in September. Oh. It's what everyone's talking about. Yeah, absolutely, man. And just last thing on on the the Colorado Buffaloes, they've got like two absolute superstars in Dion's son Shador. Shador Sanders broke a school record in his first game coming out of, you know, um, the HBCU college, the division two school at Jackson state. The man was amazing. And then Travis Hunter, the kid plays like 140 plus snaps both ways. Just what a monster. Um, Yeah. Apparently guys on the other team are complaining because of the weather. It was so hot. And they're like, you guys are playing one way. There's a guy on the other team playing both ways. Like, you guys can't stay out there? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's so, that's that's this... a little bit of a baby moment right there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I'd be pretty tired, too, playing, you know, Division One football. So, like, this this kid's just a machine. He's just built different, you know? Absolutely. So, you gotta, is what it is. You gotta love it. Okay, Matt. We'll come back to takes in a bit because you know we we failed horribly you know however many weeks ago but let's let's talk about football right now everyone's getting excited we got the Chiefs and the Lions in what twenty minutes from now starting up like NFL season the start of major sports really because you know baseball's happening but buddy. that's baseball <laughs> buddy we're back you know sports are back football season's here um, I'm just gonna you know give you guys my little predictions here for those divisions uh, I'm gonna start with the AFC East here. Um, I think Buffalo's got it again. Everybody's talking about major regression. Um, I still think Josh Allen's going to be one of the better, you know, yeah. top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, when you have a top five quarterback, when you have a top 10 wide receiver, um, you're going to figure it out. And that defense has been legit, and I don't expect it to really fold under Sean McDermott. So number one seed, I will take the New York Jets. Um, not because I love the New York Jets, but because I don't necessarily believe in Tua's ability to stay healthy for a full season. Um, and Skylar Thompson, True. like, he's just a major downgrade, even though they've got the weapons, you know. Um, it's kind of why I stayed away from Dolphins players in my fantasy draft, because, like, it's it's tough to predict if, if your quarterback's not going to be there. Um, and they'll take Miami and, and New England. New England, like, they'll probably finish, like, 8-9, and nine, something <laughs> like that. And, like, it's it's a tough division though this year man um but not as tough as this next one the afc north um all four teams i could see in the playoffs and even maybe potentially winning around and you know i gotta go with this the baltimore ravens i think lamar jackson's gonna absolutely have a monster season um brought him back to the fantasy team so the marvelous avengers are back you know we're ready to strike again there we go um and so i gotta believe in my boy lamar i think he might even be the MVP over Patrick Mahomes this year, which I think would, you know, That'd be cool. wild, but I think yeah. he could do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Joe Burrow. Easy. Easy money. The guy the guy has been automatic since entering the league, like, besides that first year. Is Bengals-Chiefs still the best rivalry in football? Yeah, I think right now, um, in terms of like, if you want two top tier teams to be going at it, like yeah, yeah Kansas City and and the, the Cincinnati Bengals are, I think, the best. I think that like you know Lamar, if he had been able to stay healthy for the last few seasons, I think Baltimore Kansas City would be also a really great rivalry. Of course, you, you know, you got two young MVP quarterbacks too. Um, the crazy thing about Lamar is that like he's still like. I think only like 25. So like some of the guys coming out of the NFL draft are his age. Like it's, 
it's wild it's it's kind of appropriate that the nfl has a lot of young qb talent right now with brady you know actually leaving the league you know it it feels almost right for these all this young guard of qb talent to kind of step up and see who's going to take over i mean we know it's mahomes's league but everyone else can be chasing him now it's not just mahomes and everybody else chasing brady yeah no absolutely it's but it we all know it's mahomes's league um and you know i think uh lamar and and uh joe are right there so they're, they're in my top two I got to put my Steelers because I really believe in that defense. TJ Watts is just an absolute monster. And I think Kenny Pickett's going to have a better season as a second-year player. Plus, George Pickens looks like he can catch anything. Yeah. So I think, like, with that kind of confidence now, you guys played a year together, you're just going to throw him the ball. I think, you know, you're going to see a lot more jump balls going George Pickens' way, and he's going to come down with a lot of them, I think, um, this season. So I have them there. And honestly, Cleveland – I could see them winning this division if Deshaun, you know, goes back to Deshaun form. And I'm right. not saying that he will. And like, not that he's a great person, but like, yeah, like he he could easily, you know, win this division if he played like he did in Houston, you know, not just three seasons ago. The classic so. separate the art from the artist situation. Like, yeah, we know what's going on, but like, if he shows up and plays to that level, right, the sky's the limit there. So, absolutely, man. Um, and then you got probably like the weakest division in the AFC, um, Jacksonville, the Prince. He's easily going to take that division, I think. Um, then I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. I really believe in Mike Vrabel. I, I believe in the way that he coached that team, that defense. Um, I'm a little nervous about their quarterback situation, but, you know, they've got two highly-ish touted prospects and um, Malik Willis and uh, Will Levis behind ryan Tannehill, so like maybe you know there's something there um then i gotta take houston texans and and cj stroud because i don't necessarily believe in anthony richardson i know that they named him the quarterback early i know that he is all the physical tools in the world but if he couldn't dominate the sec like i don't see him dominating the nfl yeah um like i just you know like it's it's a much harder league. And like, I don't even know if we have to talk about the AFC West, like obviously Kansas city, <laughs> then Los Angeles, that'll take Denver slightly over Oakland. Okay. Like slight. I don't like Denver and Oakland. I don't think are going to have good seasons. Um, everyone's like all hyped up for Sean Payton. He's the coach and coaching matters, but like, I just, I think they they're losing weapons. I don't think their O line's very good. Their defense is a little overrated to me. Like, in a, I just don't think it's going to be in, good. In a sport with, what, 52 players on the team? Yeah, let's get excited about the coach. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it's a coaching quarterback league. And, True. You know, yeah. and Sean Payton's one of the best to ever do it. But I just, man, like, what's he going to fix in one offseason that, you know, is going to drastically change who they are? Valid. Uh, I'll give you that. Valid. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I see it. I see it. I feel you. Um, and then in the NFC East, so we're going out to the NFC. I think, you know, I'm going to take Dallas. I think that they're going to have a little bit of a softer schedule than Philadelphia. Those two teams were very, very close last season. I think a lot of teams are going to be ready for that Jalen Hurts uh, one-yard push, um, you know, and really load up on it this year. So I don't know how effective it's going to be. I think, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of a step back. But, you know, the Eagles still going to get second in that division, definitely make the playoffs. Um, the Giants and the Commanders, like Commanders have Sam Howell. The Giants got Saquon Barkley, but like Daniel yeah. Jones, man, you you don't pay that man like I think they paid him forty five million dollars a year. Like he is, Oof. he is like maybe the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL, and he's making top five money. So like Yikes. that's never a winning formula, my friend. Never no. ever. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my. Minnesota Vikings in the north they stay the champions um I believe that Kirk Cousins um is gonna you know just connect with Justin Jefferson I really like Addison um the guy that they added in the draft as a wide receiver to replace Adam Thielen um and if that defense just like improves slightly like they're good like a really really solid team because that defense was the worst defense in the NFL last year not good it was the worst that's why Daniel Jones actually won a playoff game so <laughs> you heard it here first there you go yeah um detroit lions um i think they're gonna have a good season jared goff gets protection they could make the playoffs and then i'll take the bears and the packers 
that's a coin flip for me. I like the Packers better as an organization, but I like Justin Fields better as a quarterback. True. Um, so I'll take Justin Fields over over Jordan Love. Um, but that's you know that's a a wild division. The NFC South is probably the worst division in football. Um, so <laughs> gotta give it to somebody though. Take take Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. Um, I'm gonna take Atlanta. Um, you know, second Bijan Robinson, Cal- uh, Calvin Ridley. No, not Calvin Ridley. Um, DJ Ritter. Sorry, my bad. The new quarterback. Um, and then I'll take Carolina and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Baker. Sorry, buddy. I. You're good. It's just like you're not gonna turn around that team. They were bad with Tom Brady. Um. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That ain't that the truth. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, probably the the weirdest division because you got like two awful teams and two good, good like could be great teams. I'll take San Fran and Seattle. I might take Seattle to actually win that division, um, and then I'll take San Fran and the Rams and then the Cardinals. They're they're going for last place. So hey, at this point, it is what it is. Yeah, Draft- we want that Williams. Draft picks, baby. Well, there's your divisions. I guess that means that we've got what just the Super Bowl left to predict, man. Yeah, yeah, I think that, um, you know, my Super Bowl is going to be Kansas City, obviously, out of the AFC. Like, I know everybody's like, oh, pick the safest pick. It's like, well, yeah, you're picking the the team that's dominated the NFL for the last five years. He's literally never gone to the AFC championship game when he's the starter. Wild. I'm going to take him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, sorry. Like, if you if you can guarantee yourself Final Four, like, bar none, you got to take your shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll actually take Minnesota. I think okay. Minnesota is going to have a breakthrough year. I think this is the year Kirk Cousins, you know, pushes through. That I think fun. that QB series on Netflix, you know, garnered him a ton of fans. And I'm somebody who believes in, you know, the sports gods and the the, the karma out in the world of who's rooting for you and what totally. type of fans are rooting for you. So I think that, that Kirk gets to the Super Bowl this year and it's a Minnesota KC and KC goes back to back, you know, sorry, Minnesota, you lose again (laughs) in the the Super Bowl. And it would be wild too, right? Brady's gone. We get the first back to back since Brady did it in 2003. It's Mahomes' league now. It'd be pretty poetic for it to end that way. Just saying. No, absolutely, man. It, It would be absolutely the most poetic thing. And considering like really... Tom Brady's the only one who's really stopped Patrick Mahomes. I know Joe Burrow beat him that one time, but yeah. it really been Tom Brady who stopped him. Like, yeah, it'd be very, very fitting for it to end this way. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the NFL season. You guys don't even have to watch. Just tune in and <laughs> yeah, what, like go. 19 weeks, 21 weeks. That's got it all, all laid that. out. You know, playoffs yeah. are ready for you. We know what we're going to see. You heard it here first. But, I mean, hey, you could just wait until you could watch the last play where KC wins and Mahomes is a champion again. Like, that's where we're sitting right now. But I guess this means, Matt, that we have to flip over to basketball. And, you know, part of the reason why it's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast is probably because of how much – the Raptors disappointed and how we embarrassed ourselves with our takes the last time. Cause not only did Grady not make seven threes in any game, he didn't even average trying seven threes, you know, throughout the entire tournament for all the games and the Raptors, did they win a game? I don't even, I don't, I think I, they won one. The last game, they won one. maybe the last game. Yeah, I think so. so it was, it, it was, was a tough, good. tough summer league for, for us over here. But you know what? It's summer league, you know. We expected Malachi Flynn to be a summer league MVP. You know, we were joking about how he was killing Lon- uh, Lamelo just a few years ago. Summer league doesn't tell you everything. Wasn't Trey Young pretty bad or pretty amazing in summer league? One or the other. Like, it's a time where anything is going on, and there's a lot of guys who are trying to figure out: Are they going to play in the NBA? Are they going to make a team? Are they going overseas? And the Raptors squad that we pulled together just didn't have that chemistry it wasn't a bunch of guys coming together it really was them trying to get their next futures no exactly right like it's a it's a chance to show all 32 te- 30 teams what you can do in the league um and so guys take their their opportunities they they might you know be a little bit more aggressive they might be a little bit more selfish they're more trying to show that they can make the play that they can be a scorer they can be that difference maker as opposed to like the facilitator but exactly yeah so i think that like you know that that kind of tore us a little bit apart, but it's going to be nice to watch Marquise Noel in the in the G League this year. Hopefully, Grady can get some solid minutes off the bench and maybe average like two threes a game because you know those two threes that'd be 
I mean, money for our team at this point. Like in 13 minutes or 15 yeah. minutes a game, I'd take that all day. And the biggest thing that, you know, I really saw from Grady in Summer League was, you know, yeah, everyone was kind of clanning him on him shot on his shot, but Grady knows he doesn't need to work on his shot, you know. He's proven himself as a shooter in, in his college career. And I saw him out there trying to do everything, trying to be a part of everything. He averaged a steal and a half in four games per game for four games honestly that stat alone makes me pretty excited just to the amount of involvement that he had in the game he wasn't I mean, out there yeah. yeah right he wasn't out there needing coasting. to prove too much or yeah or just to coast but he was able to you know work on other parts of his game and that's what i like to see out of a rookie who's coming in and not needing to oh i'll go off in summer league and try to put up you know 40 points and like you know he had 21 points or so in his, in his final game so great job there but he was doing everything on the court, trying to be involved with everything. And with, with Darko in this new system that we're looking to implement, maybe that was able to show that, hey, I'm willing to be a part of this and I can find my minutes to get those couple of threes a game that we know he's capable of knocking down. No, man, absolutely. I think that seeing him attack the rim, you know, try yeah. some middies, you know, get in his bag was like a really good sign. Um, because like you said, he's not, trying to refine his shot in summer league here he's refined it through years and years and years of games um that should just come kind of naturally to him in the nba whereas it is all that kind of stuff that it's nice to get up against you know i know college competitions close to the nba but the g league and the summer league is that much closer and so to be able to you know attack the rim and, and beat guys off the bounce like that's a huge huge added, added bonus for where we could see him going as a yeah. player and um you know knockdown shooter or not like we need him to be that like 100 percent um but it's nice to see the other stuff come with it because you know we don't want to spend the the 12th or 13th overall pick on just like a jj reddick like as good as jj reddick was for his career and true you know the man is like a hall of fame shooter but he wasn't hall of fame anything else we're, we're trying so. to we're trying to rebuild to be competitive again in the future so we want all of our picks to be as best as they can possibly be and i would love to, a jj reddick on our team but like i'd like a mm -hmm. seth curry maybe more you know just because of the percentages wise let's go with that but <laughs> anyways we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves we're, we're getting off the point this future season that we're about to witness for the raptors here there's so many question marks, right? We've thought the last couple of years that we were coming into every season with question marks, but in reality, Bruh. we just had a couple of large questions we needed to ask. This year, where isn't there a question, right? Can Scotty step up? Is Siakam staying? What can Gary do? What can Grady do? How do we survive without Fred? What is Darko going to have? Like, there are so many is questions. OG going to take over a bigger role? Like, you know? There's Finally, so many ways. Is Christian going to be able to stay on the floor? Um, the only real constant that we know is, is, you know, Jakob Pertl, he's going to give you your 15 yep. and 10 a game. Like that is probably what he's going to average for the season. And that is totally fine. It's going to give you serviceable defense and, uh, you know, serviceable offense and be a top 15 center in this league, which is kind of what we need. It's a little bit of stability, um, but man, it is, is up in the air. I'm hoping Darko kind of gels the group. That's like that's the ultimate dream is that this new style that Darko wants to implement the sharing the yep. you know the camaraderie the you know if you're open and you miss the shot that's not a bad shot we're gonna still you know pat you on the back and say thank you know good job for taking that shot um, I like that mentality and I think that was a little lost um, in the previous regime I think yeah. guys you know when they miss shots were being penalized for missing open shots and you know. Not to just blame solely on Nurse. I think it was team culture. Um, but, you know, Nurse was having a little bit of a shorter leash. Yeah. Um, being a championship coach, he wants to, you know, consistently be a winner, a winner, a winner. Exactly. And he drove those guys into the ground. So, you know, hopefully the, the end of the bench gets more minutes. They get more confidence. They develop. And it's just kind of a snowball effect. Um, but, yeah, it all hinges on Darko, baby. He's he's kind of about to bring in the 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 system that matt and i have kind of always wanted to happen for the raptors you know we you know you made an earlier comment about like the best team in the nfl how can you not take them and i was like yeah it's why we always knew that golden state was gonna make it into the championship year after year but that ball movement system that they have to be fluidity right you see how players like jordan Poole have been able to come in and be as successful as they have with certain skill sets right 
the hope is that Darko mm -hmm. can create this movement based system where everyone can be a part of it. And yeah. Matt, you have bad days. I have bad days. We also have good days. We have great days. Everyone has a bad day every once in a while. The beauty of a system that's about rotation and next man up and everybody working is guess what, Gary, you're not having a great day. It's cool. On Friday, you're going to put 40 points up. You know what I mean? Like, this is the beauty of what, if it all comes together, can create for this roster of a bunch of guys who most of them are, you know, a year or two away from figuring out their next situation, whether that's their next contract with the Raptors or moving forward to their next teams. And so, I don't know. I, I'm a person who thinks common sense is really valuable and I like to think about common sense a lot. I think a lot of these players are going to go into the season and have that realization of, you know what? The, the, the slate is clean, right? Darko is going to let everybody have an opportunity to show what they got and be a part of this system. And if certain guys are willing to step up and show what they got, we could see whole different things. I want to see post-All-Star break Precious that we had from, what, a season and a half ago, right? Like, I yeah. want to see these, these moments that we're able to see. Chris Boucher has two years left on his contract. He's going to be on the other side of 30. Do we still need a Chris Boucher player if this system is working out? Like, there's, again, so many questions to be asked of this roster. No, man. I was honestly thinking of Precious. Like, I feel like Precious, you know, got bogged down at the beginning of last season, then got hurt, and then was just buried. Yeah. And then when you're buried, your confidence isn't there. When you're, you know, told to go out there and, and do specific things and you know, you miss an assignment or you miss a shot, like it just starts to weigh on you. And then when your minutes go from 20 minutes down to 10 minutes, yep. you know, you don't feel like you have confidence and you're not shooting, you're not playing within rhythm. The The first shot you take isn't just a natural shot. It's like a, man, I better hit this shot. And that's a tough way to, to think in any sport, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they talk about it in hockey, you grip in the stick too tight because you haven't scored in too many games, you know? And, and pucks that would normally just you tap in, you, you jumping over your stick. So it's that kind of an idea. And I, I think that you're right. I think clean slate, everybody restarts. You know, we have an idea of the pecking order that we want to have. But now with Freddie, man, like, I think that it's just a lot more of ball movement yeah. around Pascal and around, you know, Scotty. And I think OG is going to get more involved. Um, and I think that's that's a good thing. Again, like if we throw out a lineup of Scotty, Gary, Precious, um, um, Siakam. Siakam, and uh, Podolk. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's a huge lineup, one. And they're all guys who can, you know, move the ball pretty well. So, like, I'm in for it. And, and when you have players like Grady who can come in and be a knockdown shooter, like Gary who can be a knockdown shooter, is Malachi going to show up and be a part of this team? You know, we've seen Dennis Schroeder absolutely. I've given up on him. I, I know, we've, we've given up on Malachi. But what, what about Dennis Schroeder, right? You know, he's been going off in FIBA. He's been having some absolutely banger moments. Now, the it's FIBA. It's FIBA. And also the interview comments of, yeah, coming in to be the starting point guard of the Raptors. I'm sitting here going, well, maybe, but also like Schroeder, you need to realize that you are the veteran for this team and you are the you are the backup plan. The oh wow, we're really bad with Siakam and Scotty being our only point options. We need somebody who is a true ball point handlers. guard and a true ball handler. And Dennis Schroeder has done that for how many different teams? How many different rosters has he been able has he been able to become a part of? Like honestly, not the time has passed and Bro's I'm not as upset. Net. This is the thing. I'm not as He's upset about net. the pickup anymore because it happened really quickly. And at the end of the day, he's he's going to play well for our roster. He will do well if we need him to play. It's just a fact. Yeah. I don't love that he's not a shooter. Yeah. You know, like like out of him and Gabe Vincent, like even though I think Gabe Vincent is probably a worse ball handler or worse facilitator, <laughs> yeah. he's a better shooter. And like that's kind of what we need. Um, So I didn't love that they pivoted to to Schroeder, but I feel like Schroeder was like the best of the available options at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully like Gary gets some, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, run at the point because you know he'll be the smallest guard on our team. Or yeah. like the smallest player on the on of our starting five from last year. Um, and and speaking of speaking yeah. of Gary, you know, the last time we chatted about Gary, we were talking about how he opted in. The rumors were that he was going to sign an extension. All was good. A couple months have passed. Some time has passed. No word on this extension. We've heard nothing. There's no rumors. What does this mean for you, Matt? Where, where do you take it in your mind? 
look, honestly, like if he wanted to leave the Raptors, he would opt it out. And so for me, the way that I think about it is he's trying to get a, a bag. Yeah. And so he wants to prove himself, you know, make an all-star team, make a all-defensive NBA team, maybe make the all-NBA team because, you know, Gary believes in himself like that. Yep. And that's fine. Like, you know, believe in yourself to the max. That's why he got himself to the NBA because he believes that he is that guy. Yeah. And so... Like, bet on yourself. Maybe he took a page out of Freddie's book and and thinks that, you know, the bag will come once I get, you know, that all-star game, once I get that all-defensive team, mm -hmm. and they'll lock me up. And so he's just waiting for it. I think that, you know, at this point, he's already kind of bet on himself. So yeah. just go for it fully, you know, push all your chips into the ring and cash in. The guy's, what, 24? Like, he's yeah. just about to hit his basketball prime. So, yeah, I think it's the perfect time for him. and. I'm not too worried. How are you worried? I mean, I'm interested in the experiment of what it'll mean for his season because you know his comments about Toronto compared to Portland, for example, of what we've heard in the past, is a very, you know, reassuring sign because he we know he likes being a part of here. We know he has felt valued and appreciated. But where does it come to when he has maybe let's say he has a mediocre season and then now we're looking at wanting to give him some money and the the organization is like, well, we're going to give you less than we probably would have offered you in this extension now. Unless there's another team out there that goes, oh yeah, we're going to offer you the bag. Is Gary stuck and going, you know what? It's not the end of the world. It's a little bit less money than I was hoping, but I'm still with the organization that I like. For me, I'm not worried yet. You know, it's, it's when like, for example, if Grady comes in and is suddenly destroying Better it is so him. good and then all of a sudden he's no longer a part of anything w what do we do with him then right we could trade him we Should could have the deadline that's that's yeah. the hope at that's... that point right and so that's why i don't think yeah. the front office has made that extension yet and it's possible that the extension rumors was just the media outlets going oh he opted in obviously they're going to extend him now the classic story right no man honestly like that actually is a is a good point but if you're looking at it from the raptors perspective i mean either he shows out and earns himself that big money deal that he's looking for. And we're fine to give it to him. You know, I, I don't think the Raptors have, have showed any hesitancy to pay their their top players when <laughs> yeah. they believe that they're worth it. I mean, people are talking about the Siakam thing. You know, he hasn't gotten his extension yet, his max money deal. But at the end of the day, like, we don't know if we want to give it to him. We don't know, you know, we've had, like we talked about at the end of last season, three seasons of him you know truly truly running that ship yep and all three seasons have not ended the way that we wanted them to or even close the way that we wanted them to um you know i thought we had a you know really good good team back in the in the bubble and you know he did not show up in that brooklyn series and we yeah. almost you know lost to brooklyn which was like an absolute joke at the time and then like he didn't show up in the boston series and that's why we got beat and so like it's it's tough um to talk about that one but yeah i think that like we pay our players when when we know that they're worth it and i think that we know you know if gary proves it he's worth it so we'll see i really really think that we'll get it though yeah that, that's interesting there's there's definitely a lot you know that we're going to continue to break down with this season there's rumors that apparently in the next couple of weeks the raptors might make a move at this point i think that everything's dead in the water we didn't like the DeAndre Hunter and AJ Griffin plus, you know, 2029 and on picks from the Hawks. And at this point, I don't think a better offer is out there. And Siakam and especially OG is definitely worth more than that. And so I think that this is the roster that we're going into. And I'm excited to see what we can do with it. Because again, the only real difference is, is we've lost Fred, right? And we've gained Dennis. You know, and that's really it. And we knew that there was potential in the team last year. And so if they can come together, we're looking for a fun season ahead of us. Yeah, I think like last year at the beginning of the season, we really thought that we were going to be a 50-win team. Like that's the kind of talent level that we have. And it's not like we've subtracted all that much talent. Yeah, we got, you know, we don't have Freddie anymore. Um, but like Freddie, again, I think he's like mid-tier point guard at best. Like... You know, they like they talk about going to an all-star team and like that solidifies you as like, you know, uh, one of the better NBA players. It's like at one point or another, like almost half the guys in the league make a, an all NBA team. You know, if you're watching winning time right now, 
um, when Pat Riley lights up Norm Nixon because he's like, you've made one all-star team and now yeah. you think that you're God's gift and you're not working hard. And so, like, losing a player like that, especially who plays as hard as Freddie does, especially one as small as Freddie is, and especially one who, like, you could see his decline happening fast because, like, even though he's a three-point shooter like Steph, he plays a grittier game than Steph, and he's smaller than Steph. Yep. So, to me, like, I think I could see him regressing pretty quickly, and that 40, what, $43 million a year contract? Like, crazy. bro, that's way too much money for, for a guy like Fred. I yeah, Like, bro. I love Freddie, and I'm glad that he got his bag. I'm not trying Absolutely. to take away from his pockets, but... Man, I would, you know, if I was the GM, I would have balked so hard at that that one. It's definitely a wild thought, but that's it for me when it comes to the Raptors. We could talk about the Knicks suing the Raptors, but I think that that's a ridiculous situation. And when we learn if anything's actually going to come out of it, then we'll bring it up maybe. <laughs> Bro, of course we stole the Knicks winning formula for championships. I mean, they have so many of them. Of course we we had to have stolen it, you know, especially in the last 20 years. I'm pretty sure they've been like every NBA finals. So like, no shit, no doubt we stole it. <laughs> yeah, they've been amazing, honestly. But let's... Let's move to FIBA, Matt. Let's talk about O Canada time because Bruh. the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup are tomorrow morning and Canada, little old Canada is in there right now with an absolutely dominant performance against Luca and Slovenia. It was a great, it's been a great tournament, you know, happening over in Japan. Like Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to Brazil before before we get to Brazil, Matt. I just I gotta shout out my boy Utah. Okay, it's not a proper podcast without me talking about Utah Watanabe. All right, this 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 team Japan. Okay, playing at home, finally beat a European team for the first time in their history. They were down eighteen points and they came back to get a W. Now Utah was terrible in that game, but we're we're not gonna talk about that. All right. I always hype up my boy Utah. I'm jacked for him, and I was hyped for for the Japanese to get a win on home soil for them. But yeah, it's been a fun tournament, Matt. A lot of good play all around. Yeah, some some really good play, and like some some guys playing on some teams that you don't expect them to be playing on, which is like kind of cool and fun. Um, but I've loved you know watching Canada, and I think like we got kind of spoiled the way that we just kind of you know dominated France, True. and then we dominated latvia or one of the other countries yeah. in between we like beat them by like 40 points or something like that that was like brutal and then we get to like brazil we know that we're going through yeah we're like we just dominated so hard like and bruno cabloco was like you know what raptors fans eat your heart out and yeah. watch me ball like an nba player because you know what it's two years away from being two years away, and it's today. <laughs> you know, the team was cruising coming into this tournament, right? Undefeated in the in the the, the knockoffs to get into the tournament. It. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, like I think that that loss to Brazil was very important. I honestly think that if if Canada can do the impossible and come out and win this tournament, it doesn't happen without that loss against Brazil. The wake up call for these boys, because oh, yeah. you say that they were already through, like they had to beat Spain in that next game after Brazil to qualify for the Olympics. Like they still could have gone into a different round. I'm pretty sure, but to, to get that qualification to be a hundred percent guaranteed with the U S yeah. the two to go through, they then had to beat Spain and they came out and they proved it. That was a great game against the Spanish national team. And to follow that up going into the quarterfinals to play against a tough Luka Doncic squad. And like, it was 50-50 going into the halftime, right? It was a solid yeah. game back and forth. And then a certain Shea Gilchrist Alexander doing what he does, where he keeps coming out and outscoring other teams in certain quarters. That third quarter for the Canadian team was amazing. They came out, they stomped on that team's necks. Bro. They said, nah, this is our game. And because of that... They're in the semifinals, baby. It is a beautiful time to be a Canadian basketball fan. Man, I 100% agree. And to just bring it back to Shea for a quick second, like I've been throwing out trades for this man for three years now on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I remember when I was talking about trading Siakam straight up for him. And I feel like, you know, anybody who would have listened would have been like, man, you're an absolute nut job. Like Pascal Siakam for Shea. Here we are. Nah, man, I just know the game of basketball, and I believe in my Canadian brethren. So, yeah, I am I love seeing Shea. 
his cousins on the bench watching him just absolutely dominate rj grittying having a good time yep. you know his dad was the last guy to lead us to the to the olympics so that's true it's that's only true. fitting that rj is back on it baby and rj was great in that game against Slovenia, i want to say a plus 18 good. on the day the second highest plus minus on our team only behind the plus minus god kelly olenic himself at a plus 21 like i just want them to win for kelly like that guy bleeds red and white right now it's amazing oh man but he's like that in the nba too like he doesn't put up those gaudy gaudy stats but he's like an under the radar you know very serviceable center like maybe not top 20 but like fringe right like he's there and he's like better to have on your team uh in a pinch than a guy like you know mason plumley or uh zeller (laughs) or you know like i'd take kelly olenic any day and that man took a full year off um to work on his game and it got him to the nba and it's gotten him to where he is and it's just you know, it's a great, great Canadian story. Gonzaga basketball, man. They're they're the feeder school for Canada. So true. And so the only other thing that I have is, you know, I got to shout out Lithuania and our boy X-Raptor JV for taking down Team USA, slapping them around, getting that W against the, you know what? That team's really good. Team USA is really good, but they had a little bit of arrogance. And just like the Canadian squad, yeah. that might be the knockdown they need. I mean... I'm over here really hoping for that USA-Canada final, just, you know, for the number of players that I'm a fan of on both squads. But at the end of the day, tough matches, right? They got to go through Germany. We got to go through a um, a Jokic-less Serbia. So that's at least a nice thing for us. But at the same time, it's going to be tough semifinals. I'm surprised they made it this far without Jokic, man. They're a tough, tough squad, Matt. Tough nation. They're yeah. a tough squad. They they play good, tough, hard basketball. And I know that that was an issue with the Canadian and Slovenia game. I know Luca was pissed about it. A lot of their players are pissed about like the heavy, you know, battling that's happening. And I'm like, yeah, Canadian boys are just pushing back, and we love to see it. Honestly, we love yeah. to see and, it. And honestly, like you know, the way Dylan Brooks' season ended last year with the with the Memphis Grizzlies, for him to be showing out like Man. he is, like it underscores like why he actually is important in the NBA. Why like, you know, every, all the national media is clowning him for going after LeBron being like, yeah. you're not even a top, you know, a hundred player. Like, what are you doing? He's definitely a top hundred player in the NBA just based on his defensive loan. He is yeah. one of the, I don't know, 20 best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Hey, whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa. According to him, he's the best perimeter defender in the world. Okay. He's riding that high. Like, Dylan Brooks got to settle down a little bit. Buddy, buddy. Top 20 buddy. is. I'll give him is, top 20. Top 20 is reasonable. Top 20. Absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. Recent recent interview. I'm the, I'm the best perimeter defender in this tournament, in the NBA, in the world. And I'm like, okay, bud. Calm down. Calm down. Lou Dort's on your team, eh? <laughs> you're not even the best. You're not even the best one on your team. Anyways, it's it, it's been a lot of fun watching this FIBA tournament. We're excited to see, you know, how it's gonna end out. But there's actually a lot of other Raptor stuff. You know, you'd think that nothing happens in the off season, but there's been a lot of little movements here or there. I want to talk with the Lakers, Matt, because LeBron's going into his sixth season. Sixth season with this squad. Second longest stint that he's going to have with any team currently. They just signed Christian Wood for two years, six mil. AD gets that absolutely ridiculous $186 million extension. They're putting the Kobe statue out front of the crypt. Like, the Lakers seem to want to make things happen, but is it going to be enough? Can Austin Reeves be that third star for them, man? No, man. Like, he's good, but again, it's FIBA. He's on (laughs) Team USA, you know, like, you get a little bit extra leeway when, you know, every single one of your teammates is, you know, a top 15 player in the tournament. Like yeah. every single one of those guys that starts for them is a top 15 player. I dare you to find me 15 players better than them. Um, and so like, yeah, you get, you get that leeway, you get that extra space, you know, you get the, the opportunity to make a little bit more action happen. You're playing against non NBA players. Yeah. Like everyone's like, Oh, he's definitely so good. He's, you know, what a steal. And I, Bro, when he signed that contract, I said it was a steal. Like, I said that that was a, like, he did the Lakers a huge favor by doing that. I thought, like, he got severely underpaid. But, like, man, he signed it, and he's there. It gives them a lot of, you know, flexibility and options. But, yeah, yeah, I think he's, like, you know, maybe the fourth best player on a championship caliber team, maybe. 
Um, and right now he's the three. And I understand that, you know, LeBron and AD make up for a lot of it, but clearly it wasn't good enough to get past the Nuggets because, like, lest we forget, the Nuggets <laughs> swept them. Yeah. I understand it was close, but it was a, still a sweep. And yeah. so I don't know about you. There are no close sweeps to me. Yeah. And, you know, the Christian, like not. the Christian Wood signing, I think, is a good signing. But, like, is this Christian Wood's last chance? At this point, he keeps yeah. bouncing around. You know, the Mavs obviously apparently did him dirty. That's what he's saying. So I don't, I don't know the whole story with the Mavericks in that situation. But a, a Bro, big to come in and that. play for them. Yeah, they did. But like, <laughs> so. why would why would they not want him to work out? They paid him. They have no assets. Like they needed him yeah. to work out. Really, it's not smart. It's not smart. Poor yeah. Luca. Poor Luca. But well, okay, let's move off the Lakers. We could talk about Dame, but I don't think Dame's getting moved at this point. I think the the no. the funnier conversation is to talk about James Harden actually blowing up the 76ers squad. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will not play. Like, man, it is kind of crazy what Nick Nurse has signed himself up for at this point. Oh, buddy, like he thinks he had it tough in Toronto. <laughs> He's gonna and like you know at least like the Toronto media was owned by the team, so they only gave him softball questions. <laughs> this Philadelphia media is gonna kill him. Oh man, <sighs> quick question though. Who would you rather have, Ben Simmons or James Harden? Don't ask me that question. You're Who talking about their, in their current states? We're not talking prime. Current, talking states, current states today. Today. <laughs> Probably Ben Simmons, unfortunately, because at least he right? might play some basketball and want to be there. Like, and, like, at least he's, like, young. Yeah, at least he's <laughs> And not broken down. Like, Man. we got me a chunky James, Eden <laughs> wings, James Harden. Who's saying Daryl Moore is a liar and I will never play for him again? Yo, you're gonna breach your NBA contract and you're gonna do it publicly? Like, man, how some like honestly? And this is why, like, I'm not a James Harden fan. Because even his scoring numbers, like I understand that, like, you know, he was one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. No, he was one of the greatest con men in NBA history, and he still is. He's yeah. conned his way out of Houston out of brooklyn and now he's trying to do it out of philadelphia and this man like it's like it's crazy to think matt that a year from now let's say he does play he does finish out his contract a year from now after all of this who's gonna offer james harden a contract and not only that who's gonna offer james harden a contract that he wants after all of this like yeah there's a reason his uh his agent said don't say this this is a bad idea don't say daryl warry's a liar like I don't know. It's 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 a hilarious situation that we're just gonna keep following at this point. But his best his best option is probably just to show up and play play hard for Philadelphia. Honestly, no, that's his only option. Like, <laughs> true, true. What are you gonna do? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna trade you. They'll let you sit the whole season. They proved it with Ben Simmons. They're willing to wait. Yeah. And so, like to me, like he's just gonna cost himself a ton of money if he doesn't do that. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like for me, just doesn't doesn't sound like a player that I'd want on my team no, ever. And no. I never wanted James Harden. Um, and I still don't. Like that guy, worst, worst superstar for me in NBA history since yeah. I've been watching. Yeah. We we want Giannis. We we're talking about Giannis over here. Man had offseason knee surgery, so that's why he's not playing at FIBA. He's coming out talking about how he's only signing an extension if everybody's on the same page. Now there's the one hand to me that goes, okay, he's, you know, keeping his organization, you know, he's making sure that they're not falling asleep at the wheel. He makes sure that they're actually doing work. But the other hand is, hey, Giannis, hello, we're the Toronto Raptors. We want you. Please, please, please. Everybody talking please. about the, the Knicks and the Lakers getting in there. No, 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 guys. No, no, no. guys. Everyone's like, and the way that they talk about it too, they're like, oh, well, like the Lakers paid one of his brothers. The Knicks try to give um, Thanasis a lot of money. And then it's like, you guys realize that we also paid one of their brothers, and you guys yeah. also realize that Masai has ties. You know we going after him hard. And so, man, and especially, like, that team, they're old. Like, and if Chris Middleton can't bounce back, Drew Holiday's a year older, Brooke Lopez is a year older, Bobby Portis is a year older. Yeah. Like, they don't got much around him. Like, I think that championship, when we look back on it, might be, you know, 
a kind of a, a weird one, right? Like everybody talks about the Raptors being a flawed championship. I think that one was a flawed championship. You have the Lakers who go basically the season, you know, wire to wire as the number one team in the NBA. And then they, you know, lose AD, lose the Suns. The Suns yep. go on this run. Like, and then they get Giannis and Giannis beats them. But to me, man, like, who knows? It's who knows? It's a wild situation for the Bucks. You know, people are talking about how, like, you know, this is this is the Kareem title, right? This is like this is the situation that might be happening right now for Giannis. And just thinking it. Th- this is like anything is possible with this, and you know, he has some fun comments, right? And we don't know if he's just playing to the media because Giannis does what he does. If anyone if anyone follows Giannis on social media, you know how ridiculous this guy is and how funny he is. We all remember the Bell situation. Like Giannis does what he does. Okay, he he's a fun guy, but if this is real. And he's actually potentially going to be moving out, but this is it, right? If it is real, Raptors, we're in a we're in a decent situation with no real money on the books and an opportunity to say, hey, Scotty Barnes, you insert however many players you want, we can make it work. So we're, we're going to keep uh, our eyes on Giannis for sure. And you know, if if people want to compare Giannis to Kareem, you know they they've been comparing Scotty to to Magic, and so you know we can just run it back with the Showtime Raptors, baby, Amen. Showtime Raps. Hey man, I, I would be in for it. I would love to see it and we'll see. Uh, I want to, I want to bring up Lonzo really quickly because you know, the reaction video to Stephen A. Smith of Lonzo, just one legged getting up and down. Like, okay, Lonzo, we know you're not injured, but like, please calm down. Don't re hurt yourself. That was way too many, way too aggressive in your response video. But like, I'm glad that he came out and like, you know, had, a, had a bit of a comment because you know how the media is these days. Man, Stephen A. Don't even get me started on that, man. All right. <laughs> you want to talk about the Hall of Fame inductions? Because they were some good ones, man. They were some good ones. It's definitely worth bringing up because there's some great names. Obviously, D Wade getting his time. Popovich. I mean, you could we could we we could wait ten more years. He's still gonna keep coaching with 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 Wemby at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. you know, to see a, a group of people, you know, get to be recognized like this, especially with Tony Parker and Pop and them to kind of all slowly kind of rounded out it's it's really nice and of course becky hammond you know getting getting her shouts getting to be a part of the situation so like another year of great hall of fame people and yes of course the boy pal shout out pal you got him the way that he you know he even came out and was talking about how without kobe he wouldn't be there gotta respect that man and it's crazy to think that he got traded for his brother and won championships like just awesome love that yeah Glad that we could be the Hall of Fame. Glad that we could be a part of that Casal championship, you know, so that it could we could say it's championships, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the story right the there. Team. <laughs> so yeah, that's Hall of Fame, you know. Oh, again, man. another year. We're still waiting for the LeBron James Hall of Fame speech, which will come one day. One day. But last thing, Matt, last thing to talk about, I think we got this week is this in-season tournament. It, Ab Silver has actually made it happen. It's going through. You know, I was looking over the way they're gonna do it. I don't hate it. You know, it's not really going to affect too much. You get to have this little fun for certain teams that might care about it. And yeah, cool, an NBA cup. We get to hand out a new cup to a champion. But is it just another classic money grab of let's have a big spectacle for everyone to watch? Because that's kind of what it seems like. Honestly, man, like it is a money grab. And like the only way that it would get them to care if like they get relegated. Like, I honestly think that, like, having, like, a G League squad of, like, all-star G League players and they have to play, like, like this would be cool. Like, you make two all-star G League squads yeah, and they play the two worst teams in the NBA and, like, the winners, um, yeah, the winners don't have to play anymore. Like, they, and then the losers of the two rounds, unless they're both the G League team. Yeah, you know, or get relegated to the G League, but you know, it would give like the the potential opportunity for like uh you know the Spurs this year to get relegated. And they don't even get Wemby, you know, like yeah, yeah, dang man. I mean, relegation such a foreign topic to North Americans, but there's a reason why so many successful sports leagues in the world have relegation to light a fire under uh, the butts of of certain uh, management members who are totally fine with cashing their checks and making their money and having no repercussions for being bad. The process, so... man jeez yeah like, it's if look if philadelphia ends up having to trade joel and beat without winning anything and suddenly the process is an absolute failure as a toronto raptors fan i'm over here having the time of my life and cackling like 
but how can you as how can you as a fan base support your team anymore after that for what you had to go through the garbage years like they were like literally like trying to dismantle their rosters to the point where they can get the number one overall pick and like they wasted them (laughs) like could you imagine if you had Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum on the same team buddy instead of Markel Fultz like Jeez, and they would have had Ben Simmons too. Like, and like Ben Simmons maybe doesn't ever break down because he doesn't have to be a shooter. He's just a facilitator. Seriously, if Ben Simmons you know? could have been Draymond Green, like you would have had a like you saw st- way better Draymond <laughs> Green. Way better Draymond Green. So, I mean, we've we've talked about it enough times at this point. We don't we don't need to get into that enough. Matt, is there anything else Jeez. you want to bring up this week? You want to you want to rip on any more players? No, man. I kind of want to rip on your prediction, though, so go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, uh, has the game started yet? Do you know the score? Should I should I be worried? So I'm I can gonna pull s- it out. Matt's going to check the score while I potentially embarrass myself. So, you know, I think that Detroit is ready for prime time. I think they're going to squeak out a win versus the Chiefs tonight. There's no Travis Kelsey. So the Chiefs are going to have to rely on Matt's other fantasy player. You know how much I love football. I know his name. Totally know his name. Amon Ross and Brown. Kadarius Tony. Legendary oh, okay. right there. But yeah, I have faith in this Detroit Lions team. Plus, I think it would just be fun. It'd be fun to start the season where the Chiefs lose and then have to fight their way back. Because you know they would, and it wouldn't be a question. But buddy, 20-0. and 0, Like, that's way more fun. Way, way, way more fun. Right now, not going to lie. <laughs> You got it. It's 7 nothing. It's 7 nothing. Detroit. Boy, Amon Ross St. Brown scored the touchdown, so my fantasy team already got a touchdown. Let's go. First go, touchdown of the season for your boy. Um, Should have bet on it. That's why I drafted <laughs> him uh, a little bit high. I kind of reached on Amon Ross to take him. Yeah. But I wasn't going to take DK Metcalf. I like DK Metcalf. I don't love Geno Smith. I trust Jared Goff more than I trust Geno Smith. There you go. Uh, <laughs> All right, what you got for me, uh, my but, friend? Buddy. We gotta stay in the NFL. I'm taking a weird one. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers and that defense to show up, Ooh. attack Brock Purdy, make his life absolutely miserable. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking out San Francisco in, in Week One. Yeah. There we go. Just there we go. Be. Well, you know, we'll we'll keep talking football until the basketball season gets up. We gotta keep Matt entertained when he's just waiting for hockey. When he's just waiting for basketball. Yeah. It's like literally the only thing he cares about right now, outside of obviously his family, because we know Matt loves his family. He's caring about football. It's, it's the sports season, baby. Absolutely. Let's go. Perfect. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Board Sports. Like, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time. Buddy.